0: Hey guys, it's your girls Cassie
1: and Amanda, and we want to thank you for listening to our very first episode of Mindset Talks podcast.
0: Yes, and we are so excited to start this amazing journey in hopes of helping others with our stories.
1: So listen in and see how we turn an ending into a beginning.
0: Welcome to Mindset Talks Podcast, and we are here to share our mindsets,
1: elevate yours, and have some fun while achieving better versions of ourselves.
0: It's your girls, Cassie
1: and Amanda. And in today's episode, we're going to talk to you about losing a loved one. But before we get into this episode, tell me about your day, Cassie. How's your day been?
0: Girl, my day was just one of those days. It was busy, but rewarding, and just one thing after another. As soon as I came home from work, I had to do laundry, and while that was in the laundry, I had to go into the grocery store, and then I came back and had to finish the laundry.
1: Gosh. (laughs) Just just
0: one of those days. How about yours?
1: Wow. Um, Definitely not as busy as yours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For one, I had the day off, so I am very grateful for that opportunity. I got to... Replace the bumper and get my headlights restored on my car. So
0: nice.
1: Yes, I feel very brand new driving my little whip around. I am still missing a hubcap, unfortunately, but that will be <laughs> in next month.
0: Right, that's okay.
1: Right, make sure to check up on that today because I, <laughs> I can't, I can't have my car looking like a hoopty. But not at all. Um, but it
0: was nice when you redo it and have it looking fresh. It's a good feeling.
1: On the outside, on the outside, <laughs> yeah. the inside is not terrible, but you know. Um, but I got to go to breakfast with my sister, so... Oh, it nice. was nice. We got to have quality time, no kids, and, you know, just have quality sister time like we used to before the kids. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: it's definitely so, an important thing to do. Yeah. So I'm trying to get better at making sure that's, like, a weekly thing we have going on so while the kids are in school, we can get lunch or breakfast and oh, nice. just have our little sister time. Yeah. Um, other than that, we did a little shopping and she dropped me off to my car I was so happy and then I went (laughs) and did a little more shopping (laughs) Uh Oh, (laughs) picked up dinner um because I really wasn't cooking today it wasn't the day but overall my day was pretty good it wasn't stressful it was pretty chill there's a few more things I wish I got done but Hmm. I'm okay that's always though
0: yeah you're never gonna get everything done
1: Right. Just I mean, except happen. for you, you seem like you got everything done today. <laughs> nah, I still got to eat. <laughs> There's right. a lot of things. still <laughs> that yeah, need to do. So That's very true. Oh, yeah. goodness. Mm-hmm. So our episode today, losing a loved one.
0: Yeah. Something that you don't always want to talk about, but in both of our situations, it's something that we have unfortunately experienced in similar ways. And You know, I just feel like and I know you do, too, that it's something that other people can benefit from, um, you know, to kind of hear our experiences, what we've been through. And maybe we can be there to help support somebody else or just to provide them some guidance or things that we were thinking and feeling and, you know, just how to maybe not how to deal with those situations, but just kind of how we got through it and how we're still getting through it today.
1: Right. Because no one's ever alone in a situation like that. Um, And. For some people, it's just comforting to know that there's someone else who may not have coped as well as they did or, you know, just kind of navigated it, navigated through it the same way. So that's what we're here for. That's what we're going to talk about. Yes. Um, Do you want to break your terrible news first or shall I dig in?
0: So you can go first. (laughs) All right.
1: So um, there are three very important people I've lost in my life. My grandfather, my grandmother, and my mom. Uh, Both my grandparents were my mom's parents. I've had a very strong relationship with all of them. I've lost them all at completely different times of my life. So my grandfather, I was only four. My grandma, I was, I want to say I was 19, 18. 18 going on 19.
0: Yeah. Something like that.
1: Right. And then with my mom, I was 28. So was I 28? I was 28 because I was turning 29 that year. It was three years ago. I don't know. You had me thinking, was, like, how old was I when? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have my 29th birthday yet. So I was still 28, but I was gotcha. turning 29 that year. Um, All completely different kinds of losses, you know, all of them technically actually died from cancer now that I think about it.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Which is, it's so enraging. Just something yeah. like that to take people away. And it can just be from lifestyle habits or from genetics. Just.
0: Yeah, I mean, or even in my dad's case, kind of neither.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> and. Yeah. It's a, you know, a it's horrible it thing to go regardless. through. Yeah. Right. Because losing anyone regardless just sucks. But. It kind of wasn't until this moment that I actually thought about, like, wow, they all passed from the same kind of reason of yeah, cancer.
0: It's crazy. I guess it is and sometimes hereditary, though, because everybody, well, not everybody, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people on my dad's side of the family died of cancer. And, you know, so did he, which is what we'll get into later. But, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting when you look at it.
1: Yeah, the history of my mom's father's side is a lot stronger than um, her mother's, but um losing my grandparents early was hard because you look at other people who have had their grandparents for years and years and years and you're just kind of like oh well yeah you don't really get that same kind of bond but yeah I did get to have a really really good bond with my grandma definitely and it was hard I was a part of taking care of her while she was in her sicker days um she didn't drive as much. So I got to drive her around and, you know, it was honoring in a sense because she wanted me to drive her where before she was not letting me drive her anywhere. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was not the one to drive her anywhere. But, you know, she wanted to like have me as her chauffeur for when she needed to go do little things. Um, so I was grateful to get those little moments with her. You know, yeah. I lived with her. So, yeah. you know, I, I had more opportunities than my cousins even did. To have a bond with her,
0: right? Well, it definitely makes it harder too. You know, you guys were with each other like day in and day out. She was and every a rock, day. You know, yeah.
1: I live with her since I'm, like since I could remember. Yeah, Not since I was born, but since I could remember, so you know that was like losing a parent rather than a grandparent. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was hard because it got towards the end of life for her and. Things were more stressful because I was very involved. Um, I remember talking to, I want to say my aunt, I like kind of yelled at her because of being so upset about Mm. being so involved in my grandmother's caretaking when my grandmother has so many children that could be more involved than myself as her grandchild. So yeah, that was stressful. You really don't think about (laughs) how much stress comes about. You don't, you just
0: deal with it when you're going through it right yeah but
1: to take that on at that age Mm -hmm. I you know I didn't think of it as a as a chore at that time until it started to build up and become too much yeah so but unfortunately I was the first to find her after she passed away we had some family friends come and visit that day and they didn't necessarily go in because my grandmother was resting Mm. and you know they kind of just hung outside and I was getting ready to go swimming with Nan, our boyfriends, and I went to go say bye to my grandma. And I noticed that she wasn't breathing. And that was just something I got used to doing was just kind of standing there and watching her to see if she was breathing. Because you just know it's going to happen eventually. Right. You know, and I'm the type of person, I'd rather be proactive than reactive. I'd rather just kind of set myself up to be ready for it rather than. Just continue to hope for the best and not have any type of realistic um, expectation around the situation. Yeah. well, so.
0: kudos for you on that one because I know when I was first going through it, uh, it was it was a hard reality to grasp at first. A little little in denial
1: at first. Of course, I think that's common for most people. Yeah. Oh, uh, I would commonly think, is there something wrong with me? Because I feel like. Not that I have to experience things the same way as others or react the same way as others, but I always felt I was on the least common path, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, it was hard. So, you know, the family came swooping in, my uncles, and they're, like, all over in the yard crying. Like, it was just crazy to see my family so distraught from my grandmother's passing. You know, that was their mom so
0: but then she she was kind of like the glue for you guys no
1: absolutely yeah that's you know that's common for a lot of families that have that grandmother who did all the cooking and you know at that point I had to freaking cook my own dinners because she was always cooking for us so (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) hopefully she taught you a few things too
1: (laughs) she didn't teach us much she was the type of person (laughs) to be like If you're in the kitchen, you're gonna learn while you're here. If you're not in the kitchen, then you're not gonna learn. Because she was not just gonna straight up be like, yeah, I use this amount of this and this amount of that and blah, blah, blah. No, (laughs) we weren't getting that. But we found the recipes taped to the cupboard door Mm -hmm. a couple years after she passed. We were dumb as hell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. You didn't know that they were there the whole time?
1: (laughs) Girl, these recipes were taped to the door since I opened the cupboard the first time ever in my life kind of like,
0: yeah, it just like ignored it, like it, wasn't it was there.
1: like paint on the wall. It's just oh, there. God. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy.
1: What the hell was I supposed to know? Yeah. Sitting there the whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh! But so yeah, so that was that was like my real first death that really affected me because my grandfather I didn't know I was little, mm-hmm. um, and then my mom's. I would never say that. Oh be done being affected by it yeah definitely it was a little shocking but not shocking at the same time Mm -hmm. um just a year of going to appointments with her you know she had a mastectomy done um (laughs) dealing with her in the house walking around with no shirt on with <laughs> one boob and she's just all empowered it was it was crazy oh, go I, was mom. Like, I have company coming over walk you put a shirt on I'm like you better tell them don't look this way you know my mom <laughs> yeah definitely ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> totally
0: hear her saying that too <laughs> she was so I'm sure. like
1: that should have been motivation to move out but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> glad i didn't though glad i didn't all right oh um.
0: <laughs> so you'd be bored without her in the house <laughs>
1: I'm bored now. Shoot. You know, I don't have to. Uh, you know, if she was still here, I wouldn't have to live with her for sure. But just to have her entertainment, mm. I like the other day a memory popped up from when she was on the news because we oh, yeah, had this like hurricane blast. I remember that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she was just so animated on that. It was literally a 15 second clip, if that. And she was just like, you've seen her whole personality shine through that little. Her little five seconds of the limelight, like, you know.
0: So that's was... just who she was. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> she was so excited. But um, just a, a, a quick sum up of that situation. It was literally in and out of the hospital very often. Um, you know, she self-diagnosed, found breast cancer herself, went to the doctors, got it confirmed. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Wow. Which is a big thing. You know, the doctors always tell us, right, check 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 and we usually either do it we don't do it we find it we don't find anything but in her case she found a lump uh was diagnosed got a mastectomy uh was in and out of the hospital for um you know just a few different reasons and literally a year that she was cancer-free from that mastectomy mm. she passed away That's um crazy. Yeah, it was a few days. It was so she passed on a Tuesday. That Saturday, I brought her to the hospital because I don't even want to explain the situation, but it was just the scariest moment, second scariest moment, I'll have to say, actually, um, of my life. Because Mm -hmm. the first time was a month before that in the hospital with her. Mm -hmm. Um, So second scariest moment of my life. And two days before she passed, she pretty much freaked me out because I called no one knew she was in the hospital except for for me and I called her. She didn't answer. Now I'm just concerned because I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Answer me. (laughs) Who else am I going to talk to, (laughs) you you know, know? to make sure she's good? I mean, of course I can call the hospital, but she answered and she let me know that she's not going to make it much longer and that, that was it, pretty much, you know. And that is
0: literally the hardest thing to hear your parent say to you. Yes. The hardest.
1: The hardest and the most respectable thing.
0: True, true. At least be- they didn't lie, you know.
1: Right, because she set me up because she knows how I operate. I need that shit in advance. So yeah. she allowed me to be able to cope with it in a way better than if I didn't hear her say that yeah. which that crushed me my sister had to pick me up from work bring me to the hospital to see my mom like I couldn't do anything else that day
0: because um, she she told you that over the phone
1: over the phone yeah that's tough <laughs> over the, I think like, I couldn't drive I couldn't do anything
0: yeah I don't blame you I wouldn't either
1: that's yeah. tough so the next few days I took off from work um, that night she told me that she wasn't going to make it much longer the doctor let me know that she also has pancreatic cancer Jesus. and yeah things went downhill very quickly it's crazy how um, that happens they asked me if I want to put her on life support oh
0: don't that like, is oh gosh that's such a horrible
1: decision to have to make it really is. right like
0: you <laughs> no, one, no one prepares you for that
1: at all as much as I like to prep and forgive me for any type of laughing but that's my coping like yeah it's my coping it's my way of saying I'm in disbelief as to like I've lived these things because sometimes I'm so shocked that I actually like went through these experiences like these experiences are my experiences like I'm not talking about somebody else's story right now which it can apply to many other people but this happened to me I'm still in shock about it sometimes yeah so you. you know it I would say that it's really important for us as people and for the ones we care about is to make sure you have these types of conversations mm-hmm. in the sense of your medical well-being, um, having a will, things that will affect your family when you're not here, um, or when you're not, or when you're in a state of not being able to choose for yourself. Yeah. I had to tell them no to a life support machine because Mm. my mom and I had that conversation. Right. And she said, if I don't come back to my normal self or if I can't come back to my normal self, I don't want it. Yeah. She said, because then the family is going to have to be putting in all this money and effort for what? Which sounds terrible because it's like, we love you and care about you. But at the same time, I understood what she meant.
0: Right. And, you know, at least you guys were able to have that conversation. So you didn't have to be the ownership of, you know, what that result looks like, you know. Right. It's a hard one to even have to, like, agree to. But at least you, at the end of the day, didn't have to be the one to make that decision. Right.
1: Yeah. So, you know, family and friends came those last few days. Um, the same day we put her on on hospice care actually was the same day she passed. God. And I remember my aunt was saying, you know, I don't know if you should stay here tonight. You should probably go home. Um, you know, just advising that I stay at home rather than stay at the hospital with my mom in case anything happened. And I said to her, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do tonight, but, you know, I'll figure it out. But I knew deep down inside I wasn't leaving. Right. It's I, It's yeah, it's hard to pull away. Right. Like. My last moment, like she's like my mom's gonna pass by herself all yeah. alone that's yeah. not okay that's not okay to me, and I know my aunt didn't mean it in any way to be negative, but I know she was more concerned about how I would be around it, you know, right,
0: right, yeah, she's just looking out for you at the end of the day,
1: mhm, yeah, but I don't know, I have super power strength, I like to call it, so. Hey, Um, when you're in
0: those moments, you, you find some kind of weird strength inside yourself and it just comes out and you just, like I said, you know, you just deal with it while you're in, while you're in the middle of the fire,
1: you know? You're never put in a situation that you can't handle. Right. That's true. You're really not. Unless you're like in some fucked up shit. (laughs) That's a different story. (laughs) Just saying. that's That's on another note. Right. But, um, yeah. So me, my sister, and two of my cousins were in the room for most of the night, laughing, telling stories, you know, having it just like we kicking it at the house type of thing. And I was able to be there when my mom took her last breath and, you know, just be able to say my goodbyes. And it was sort of settling in a sense because now I knew she wasn't suffering. Yeah. She went through a lot. She went through a lot that year. Yeah. So she was like, Her soul was able to rest, you know, Mm -hmm. like, let that body go because that body ain't you. That just was the house to your soul. Yeah. Her soul was finally able to rest and be released. So.
0: (sighs) Definitely. I'm glad.
1: Yeah. I'm glad it went the way it did and not any worse.
0: Isn't it weird how you look back at it and you're like, in the moment, you're like, you know, this is the worst thing. You don't want it to happen. But then Mm
1: -hmm.
0: at the, you know, sometimes you're just kind of like. In a weird way, it happened the way it was supposed to.
1: Yes, it's it's within this like how ha, like how grieving has stages. Yeah, it's the same thing as that because when we're currently going through it, we're thinking about ourselves in a sense of mm-hmm. what we want and what we desire, and we're not necessarily always looking at it as what's best for what that person is going through yeah. and how it's affecting them, and. Yes, we can look at both, but it's just why, why, why? But then I think about what if my mom was still here today with COVID? I
0: think about the same thing, too.
1: (laughs) I work in the public. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to live with her. I don't know if I'd be able to see her. Right. Well, and
0: their immune systems are so weak at that point, too. It just wouldn't have been a good situation.
1: Exactly. So. Yeah. And just to think that was three years ago and then COVID came about. It really came about in late 2019. I don't care what anybody says. But <laughs> it came about big in 2020. So yeah. it really wasn't that much long after.
0: No, not at all. That's true. It was yeah, yeah right around the corner.
1: But definitely grateful for what I've learned through all of this. Um, just learned to do more of my life. Not that my mom didn't, but she worked hard and a lot. Mm -hmm. but wasn't able to get a lot out of it and I want to go about that differently you know in her honor in a sense so yeah yeah
0: she uh she was quite a woman she had the (laughs) most (laughs) bubbly personality and let me tell you that legacy that she left behind her was just beautiful she was
1: was such a beautiful soul a trip, my favorite funeral I've ever been to. You would never probably hear anyone say that in their entire lives. But no, her not at all. <laughs> was my favorite. We were all decked out, in, not everybody, but a lot of us had on Raiders gear because she was an Oakland Raiders fan to the day she died. No matter how good or bad, mainly bad, that <laughs> team was. Yeah, she repped it hard. Fan. Body. True fan. <laughs> hard body. She talked shit to talk to her about her team. She would just shit on you so quick. She don't care if her team was trash. She'll find a way to show in your team. Simple as that.
0: <laughs> well, take it to the Queen Bee over there. She uh Queen Bee. She's a, a diehard.
1: <laughs> yes. But share share with us your experiences because I know when it comes to the two of us and losing our parents, I am the more open open <laughs> and willing one to talk about it. <sighs> Um, but your battle has been a lot longer than mine.
0: That it has, um, in the unfortunate setting. Um, so as you just stated, it's not something that I talk about very often, but you always hear people say that sometimes it could be good therapy for you. And so not only that, but I do think that, you know, my situation was, almost rare in a sense because his cancer isn't necessarily the most common type of cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually back in 2005, um, he was diagnosed with squamous cell carcinoma um, at the base of his tongue. And just to kind of give like a quick little backstory about how he even found out about it in the first place was, I guess he had ran into an old friend Who told him that he sounded funny. Mm. But, like, if you haven't seen anybody in a long time, you wouldn't necessarily think, like, you wouldn't take credibility to what they say because, like, they haven't heard me in I don't know how long,
1: but exactly how would you know that I sound funny? Right.
0: But something in my dad just made him go to the doctor and get checked out. So he went to the ENT, which is an ear, nose, and throat doctor.
1: Yep.
0: And after, like, biopsies and and things, um, it was determined that he actually had a tumor the size of a lemon in the back of his throat. Um, so they told us that if he hadn't gone to the doctor that day, he would have died within the next like two to three months because it would have just kept growing and ultimately would have suffocated him.
1: And he never felt it.
0: He never felt it, um, which, which is crazy if you think about it. If you really think about like a lemon just like being like lodged in the back of your throat, you know? Right.
1: This um, is why it's good to go to the doctor's people.
0: Exactly. And get checked out because the minute that they went down there, they knew something was wrong, but they just didn't know exactly what it was. Um, so kind of fast forward from there, he ended up going through um, a lot of radiation treatments and he actually only did one chemo treatment. He was supposed to go through more, um, but his body just couldn't handle it. He mm. got extremely sick. Um, They had to do some kind of like infusions and stuff just to kind of like get him stronger. Um, And so he was like, I'm just doing that one. I'm not doing any more, even though they wanted him to do more. And he just carried out his radiation, which ultimately, um, I want to say by like a year later, so maybe like 2006 is when um, he was completely cancer free. Yay. So kudos to l hospital and all the doctors there who helped him, you know, get rid of that. He wasn't able to eat, though, for an entire year because radiation mm-hmm. actually closed up his throat. Um, so that was a struggle within itself. Um, and so anybody who's going through that and knows, you know, kind of like what a um, a peg tube is and having to be fed through your stomach and stuff. That was a whole nother experience. Um, Can I just
1: interrupt you real quick?
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: I always remember that. You ate so slow in support of your dad, and I would just say that as your friend in high school, we joked about it, and I apologize, because knowing the severity behind it now, because I feel like I knew what was going on then, but I didn't know, like, a lot of details. Yeah. But you also weren't really one to go too deep into detail like that, so... (laughs) No, I was going through it. (laughs) It was kind of, you know, kind of just what it was. But as an adult, you know, I definitely would want to express my apologies to you in that aspect. Even though we were teenagers and it was just out of fun and it was never to be harmful. But knowing that you had so much respect for your dad to take your time eating while he was eating because you knew what he was going through and it would take him some time to be able to do the same is huge. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, thanks for that and trying to hold back my tears right
1: now. I'm sorry. <laughs> That I'm was sorry.
0: totally unexpected. Um, but I, I appreciate the apology and you know me. Hey, um, we
1: keep it real here. We keep it real here. Just It saying.
0: must not have affected me that bad because I, I didn't really remember <laughs> that you had done that.
1: Well, you're also not good at remembering a lot either. So <laughs> um, I know. I know. I let you know.
0: <laughs> um
1: sorry for interrupting.
0: No, no, no. I'm actually kind of glad that you said that too, because I'm still that way to this day, actually. Um, you know, just seeing the way that he had to struggle to even swallow anything when he was able to start eating again. And the fact that with every single bite and I'm literally every single bite that he took, he couldn't just swallow it because radiation had damaged his throat so bad. He had to take it down with like a sip of like a drink whether it was like water, soda, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can imagine trying to eat like a, like a whole plate of like steak and mashed potatoes or something, like and have right. it cut up into like little pieces and then mm-hmm. take it down, you know, with drinks and stuff. And I feel like I was the only one who actually kind of like tried to just eat with him. Whereas yes. like it would be me and you know, I won't say names or whatever, but like we'd be all sitting down like eating dinner and stuff. And everybody else would just like scarf down their food and they would just kind of like you know get up be done be done and I'm just kind of like he just like started eating like you're just gonna like leave okay. <laughs> you know right
1: That's so how you know y'all had a good bond too
0: yeah like I just felt bad you know when you're there with somebody and I was one of his primary caretakers and stuff and just seeing the struggle and stuff you you never want to make somebody feel isolated or or worse than they're already feeling. And so, you know, I just tried my best to make him feel comfortable in the way that I could
1: with the situation that he was going through at the time. Um, big respect. <laughs> thank you. Big respect. I mean, as a teenager.
0: Yeah, I was like 16. We were that's we were in high school.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a big respect. Big yeah, I remember respect.
0: not really going out and doing too many things and hanging out with friends and stuff because I had to be home and take care of him. Yep. Um. So I kind of had to grow up a little quickly in that sense, but in a weird way, I wouldn't take it back for, you know, for anything. So I don't blame you. I was there for him. Um, but so kind of fast forward from that, uh, it was a rough, you know, year and a couple years after that, while he was still trying to learn how to live this new lifestyle, um, he was gratefully um, able to be cancer-free and able to enjoy another 11 years of yes. his life. So kudos to that. Um, yes. That radiation did certainly work wonders. Until one day in, I would say, now it's got to be like 2016. Um, I don't remember exactly why he ended up going back to the doctor. I think it was just like another checkup. Because, you know, even... Even once you're cancer free, you always have checkups, no matter how long you're cancer free for, because that shit just comes back
1: whenever it wants to. An apple apple a day does not necessarily keep the doctor away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Um, So he had gone back to the doctor. And I remember this was actually just after I had surprised him at a Relay for Life event um, to celebrate his 11 years. And we even took a picture together. Um, which you guys can, I'll try to find it and post it on the Instagram page later. Um, But we celebrated his 11 years. And then like a couple of weeks or something after that, he was actually diagnosed again with throat cancer. Um, This time it was closer to his vocal cords. Um, And so since he had already been through chemo and radiation, that was no longer an option for him. And so the only other option was to start looking at surgery. Which something my dad always said was once you open yourself up and air gets in there, it's just kind of like a wrap and it's just going to like spread like wildfire. Turns out that he wasn't, you know, too off from that uh, assumption, unfortunately. Um, So he ended up having surgery very shortly after that because the doctor said it was very serious that he had to make sure that we took that out immediately. And so they ended up having to remove his vocal cords. Um, and so twenty sixteen was actually the last time that I was able to hear his voice. Mm. Um, so I kind of went into like a maniac mode and like I had saved like every single like voicemail message or anything that I had um of his because it was the last time that I could actually, you know, hear mm-hmm. him talk, you know. Gratefully he was still with us. Yes. Um <clears throat> but you know, it's it's different when you have to go to those, you know, lifestyle changes and things like that.
1: Um right when you're used to that most of your life.
0: Yeah. And I can't imagine being in his shoes and being like okay today like I'm fine in a way and then tomorrow I'm going to be a completely different person.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so that surgery actually took I want to say like 8 hours. Um it was a very uh, very long and rough day um for mm-hmm. me and my mom who waited in the hospital for him all day. Um, and if there's anything about my entire experience, I would say that that one is probably the most traumatic, um, cause seeing him in the ICU when he got out of surgery is just not something that I ever want to see. <laughs> it's something you never want to see your family member go through right. and to see like tubes and just like blood everywhere. And he started to become conscious when he shouldn't have been uh. and, It was just, it was a bad situation, and we had to call the nurse in and, you know, care for him, and I actually literally, like, ran out of the room and down the hallway into the bathroom.
1: Yeah. Um, That, I couldn't even imagine that, because it's already bad enough that it's your parent, your parents, if your parents have not been weak at any point in your upbringing, and then all of a sudden, they become weak, and- they're the ones you have to help care for. It really is a hard thing. Definitely,
0: it's not something you ever want to see, especially because you know that's your parent, that's the person that to right. you, and you know they the strong.
1: <laughs> but then when you add the hospital and then ICU and CCU and like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's
0: it a is, lot. um and that's in any situation, you know, not necessarily what we're talking about, but just in correct. General. You Correct. Know, you never want to be in one of those rooms. So kudos to all those doctors and nurses who see that kind of stuff on a daily because Every it's a lot. Every day,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and so with that, um, you know, that was a long recovery process. Um, it took a while for him to learn how to, uh, speak in his own way. Um, they actually gave him, um. I'm trying to think about what the name of it was, but they basically gave him kind of like a, a microphone that he would put up to his neck yep. and he would have to try and vocalize words that way. And it was more of like him trying to speak through like vibrations. It was it was kind of weird. It was hard for him to get used to it because he couldn't feel his neck because of the surgery. And so he would never know like where to like put it without like looking at himself in the mirror. It was if you've ever been through something with somebody that's gone through throat cancer and they've had this kind of a surgery, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's just not easy. Um, that's and he would sad. get frustrated.
1: <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: I mean, I can talk forever and go into details about the surgery he had and all this kind of stuff, but I, that's too many details. And I'm like, I see it in my mind vividly. <laughs> yeah. Don't overwhelm yourself. Um, no, so I'll just kind of go over just a little more overview aspects. And if you guys have questions, please feel free to reach out and ask. I, you know, I don't mind talking about it. If you guys have questions, I can certainly answer them and and help you out through the process. So it took him a while to recover from that and learn kind of how to get back into society with not being able to talk. He was worried about his job, how that's going to affect things and so on and so forth. Um, but the doctor was able to get all the cancer out, thankfully. So here again, you know, we're cancer free. We're in the clear. You know, we're good to go. Well, fast forward a couple months, um, he started not feeling well again. And it turns out that the cancer was back. Um, we at this time were kind of like contemplating on what to do, what we should do, because now they're talking about having to remove his tongue and to have a glosectomy. Um, Which is obviously not something that he wanted to do, and so I was able to find a doctor in Boston, which is supposed to be one of like the best um, hospitals for throat cancer. They have good
1: specialists up that way.
0: Yeah, they definitely do. Um, So we took him there, and they didn't really have anything good to say. Um, They basically said like, "There's nothing, you know, that we can do for you," Um, but his other doctor was willing to try and do another surgery to take it out. Um, so this time they did, they did a glosectomy. He lost, well, a partial glosectomy, I'll say, because he didn't, they mm. didn't take out his entire tongue. It was just partial. Uh-huh. Um, and they had to, they removed his, it was his external carotid artery because it started to go up the carotid artery. Um, and it was spreading to like the base of his skull. Uh-huh. Um And so that is never a good sign either because once it, you know, starts spreading and going up there to your brain and stuff, that's just not where you want it to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So unfortunately, this time in this surgery, now he doesn't have a voice and now he can't really eat because he only has half of a tongue. Um, He, the doctor, I'll say, was not able to get clean margins is what they call it and remove all of the cancer. So he just went through all of that, and he wasn't cancer-free. There was pretty much nothing that they could do for him at that point. So he was pretty much kind of on, like, comfort care in, like, a way. Um, the mm-hmm. doctor in Boston put him on a lot of pain meds just to keep him comfortable.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and one day, it just kind of really got out of control. I'm really glad that I wasn't there for this one day. Um, I want to say it was like July first of twenty seventeen. He, my mom, like rushed into the hospital because he was just like coughing up like blood everywhere. Oh, um, which I guess turned out to be like he was coughing up tumor. Oh my gosh. Um, and just hearing the way that they talked about it was like horrifying. So I just can't. I'm just glad that I wasn't there for that. Right.
1: Oh my gosh. Just
0: no way. I no. Um, but pretty much. July 1st was kind of the beginning of the end in his situation. Um, they tried to explain like hospice and palliative care to us. And it's not something that I comprehended at first. I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, and he just kind of like looked at me and said, um, you know, one of the things that you never want to hear somebody say. And again, he doesn't have a voice, but we were <laughs> we were very close and had a really tight bond. And so I was really good at lip syncing with him. Yes. Um, and so pretty much he just kind of like looked at me and he told me, you know, unfortunately, there comes a time where you just can't fight anymore. And hearing him say that. I just I knew, you know, he wasn't going to fight anymore.
1: He went through a lot.
0: He did. And he did everything that he could do. And I know that's what he wanted to do because he wanted to do it for us. More so for him. If it was just Mm. for him, I don't think he would have went through any of that, to be honest with you.
1: But he had his girls.
0: (laughs) He did. Mm -hmm. Um, Somehow he pulled through it. I don't know where he got that courage from. I think about it all the time. And if it's something that I'd be able to do myself, um, I don't know.
1: I'm sure you have it within you. But like we said, it's not until you're in those moments when you realize the strength that you have.
0: Right. That's true, too. Um, So it was a long month of him being in the hospital. All he wanted to do was go home, but he just wasn't in a state to where he couldn't go home. I kept driving back and forth from Connecticut to New York to see him all the time in the hospital. And I remember like three weeks into it, I was just kind of like, I don't know how much longer I can do this for. I need like a little break. Um, mm. so it was really at that point, just kind of like waiting for like the day to happen.
1: Right. Because you just already know yeah. when when you've come that far and especially after him having that conversation with you you have an understanding of what to expect
0: right after it it took at least a week for it to sink in um, oh i'm sure cuz we were still feeding him by the feeding tube and the nurse was just kind of like like by you continuing to feed him like you're pretty much torturing him at this point and you need to just like stop feeding him
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: So we had to take them off of food and everything. And I think that's when me and my mom, like, really kind of realized, like, what was happening.
1: Oh, my. I'm sorry, but that's just... That's almost as rough as your parent telling you that they know it's time. Because it's like, you're telling me to stop caring for my parents so they can move on to the next life.
0: Right. And, yeah. And not being able to, like, actually hear him say anything So after a while he wasn't really conscious he was Mm -hmm. like conscious but like he wasn't really there you know
1: he was just comfortable
0: yeah well not even that he looked like he was in a lot of pain every time that they would try to like rotate him and stuff oh anyways (laughs) um so on uh july 30th it was a sunday And I told myself I wasn't going to go back to Connecticut that week. But for whatever reason, I woke up on Sunday and I was like, I just I need to go to the hospital. So I drove all the way to Connecticut. I didn't tell anybody I was coming. I just went to the hospital Um, because there was something I knew deep down that like I, I had to tell him that I was being selfish and I didn't want to tell him. Um, And that was telling him that I was going to be okay, and that it was okay for him to let go and do what he needed to do. Um, And so I went there and I had that conversation with him. And um, you, unfortunately, were also in the hospital that day with your mom. Correct. And so after I stayed with him for a little while and, you know, comforted him and I felt like it was a time I could actually come down and see you and your mom. Um, you know, I, I did that and we talked for a little while and stuff in the hallway and (laughs)
1: yeah.
0: And in the back of my mind, no offense the whole time. I was just kind of like, okay, like I came here to see my dad. Like, I love you. I love your mom, Mm -hmm. but like, I don't know. I just, something was like pulling me back into his room. And so we ended up, um, leaving your mom and you came upstairs with me to just see my dad. And we kind of talked and hung out with him for a little while. Um, and then I just remember, like, looking over and, like, notice like, his breathing was changing. I feel like it started getting, like, really fast, I want to say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, like, because that, like, caused us to, like, look over and being like, you know, what is going on. Right. Yep. And then he just kind of, like, released, like, the biggest smile possible, which I so wish to this day that, like, I would have thought to take a picture of it, but it was just so in the moment. Yes. And the smile was huge. It was the biggest smile and it was such a comfort. And then after that, he just kind of like the smile just like disappeared. And he was like limp. He, he had gone at that moment. And I don't think that I've necessarily, I like kind of realized it, but I didn't realize it. I was like, Amanda, I was like, that just happened like what I think just happened did did that just happen um and I I can't thank you enough for for being there I'm sure that wasn't easy for you especially because like I said your mom was also in the hospital um it wasn't (laughs) so I don't I don't think I've actually ever thanked you for you coming up there did
1: I (laughs) oh definitely yeah no you did your mom did (laughs) um like I've mentioned before I feel like those moments that are weird or like where I feel like it's really odd timing for me to be here (laughs) in all reality aren't odd like I'm like yeah you're supposed to be in some dimension I'm supposed to be there yeah you were but to me it seemed odd but I definitely remember that moment sitting there with you and that moment was so similar I mean I know your dad passed before my mom but that moment of how he passed when we were just in the room and able to have, you know, kind of like a good time. The girlfriend's just kicking it,
0: just, yeah. just chatting,
1: you know, hanging with your dad. It was the same way with my mom. Um, just that good energy around them. And it allowed them to feel okay to let go, you know, because, you know, your dad knows how close you were or are, I should say, cause that, <laughs> shit, that shit ain't over.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not.
1: But yeah, you know, He knew you're okay, like you told him. And then I think him hearing us in there, you know. Yeah. She has support. She's okay.
0: I think so, too, because he definitely loved you. Yes. And I think, yeah, after me having that conversation and, like, just hearing us together. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. they say they can always hear you. They might not, like, be there, but they can certainly hear you. And I truly believe Uh,
1: that. Same here. Um, Same here.
0: I I think it did give him the comfort, the extra comfort he needed.
1: Yeah. Which is
0: just so weird when you really, like, look at it. And people might think that, like, we're sitting here crazy and stuff. But I'm telling you guys, if you have not been through a similar situation, you just, you really won't get it.
1: Yeah. I sit here and I'm, like, I was there. Like, and, you know, aside from my mom, like, going through what she was going through, I still had to go back to work and regular life. And I'm, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, how you been? Like, my mom's in the hospital, and I was just there, and my friend's dad passed away. Yeah. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I, like. Just leave me alone. Like, <laughs> I don't understand right now, like, what's going on. And it was hard, because all I could really think about was you and your mom in, the t- in that time. Just.
0: Mm, I was not telling her. Nothing.
1: <laughs> and, Remember, yeah I
0: called the nurse. I was like, nurse, I was like, can you call my mom? Please? Right. Like, I'm not right. doing it.
1: Like I just, I'll never forget. Just you know his smile, and then him passing, and I'm just like, and you just look at me like, did that just happen? And I'm just like, I feel for like you. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even talk to her right now. I'm gonna go get a. I'm gonna go get a nurse. I'm gonna get a nurse. <laughs> I'm just and I just leave to get a nurse because I'm like, there's one. There's nothing I can do for anybody at this point. But yeah, and I find a nurse and I'm like, I think my friend's dad just passed away, and they're like, what? And I'm like. Why don't they move fast enough around here? Like why oh, just follow me. Like don't ask me what. Just come with me, please. Like right. I just left her in there by herself. Can you just come back to the room with me, please? You know? Oh my gosh. I was just you know, I you don't see me physically frantic. Mentally, no. I'm frantic, but I will never expose that.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, well kudos to you, because if you freaked out, I don't know what would have happened.
1: But that's my whole thing is that because I'm like, if I freak out, what's she going to do? Because yeah. this isn't even my dad. This is her dad. And if I freak out, she's going to lose it. And then I'm like, who's going to pick her up and put it back together? I'm already <laughs> frantic. Right. You know? I'm like, I just want to be be support in this moment. And I can't lose it because if anybody's going to lose it, it has to be you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. It was the time for mm-hmm. you to lose it if that's what you needed to do, but.
0: Well, I feel like for me, I'm normally pretty good about keeping it together when I'm around other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So if it was just me, it probably would have been a little different. Um, But, you know, I I definitely try to keep it together when I'm around others, for sure.
1: Yeah, you do pretty well with that.
0: Um, Which, you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, couldn't really tell you. But that's just kind of how I.
1: It's just what it is. Go through it. (laughs) Yeah, this is true.
0: Which, you know, kind of brings us to just a a general topic of grief um Mm -hmm. and how to deal with it um you know not to sound cliche but everybody hears that you all grieve in your own different ways whether that's losing it hysterically whether that's you know some people laugh some Mm -hmm. people just go silent people don't have any effect at all some people don't care You know, whatever that means for you, it's fine. Um, It is for me. Like I just said, it's me trying to keep it together when I'm around others. And when I'm by myself, trust and believe I do definitely lose it. Um, And even still to this day, you know, it's something that never truly leaves you. Um, For me, we just passed the four year mark. How it's been four years already, I don't know. Um, But it's something that it truly never leaves you. Um, there's always something that pops up and kind of just like reminds you of them. And you just like either laugh and just like remember like the good memories or you just like completely lose it. And you're like, what is happening to me? Like, why am I like acting like this right now? I don't
1: know if that's happened
0: to you, but (laughs) for me, it's kind of like either one or the other.
1: (laughs) For myself, um, well, I know I didn't even grieve right after it happened because I literally moved out of my apartment in a week and a half.
0: Yeah, that's because crazy. you had yeah
1: more. I had real life still going. Not that no one else had a real. You life, had lifestyle. Changes. I had more life things going on aside from just my mom passing. I had to worry about the next month's rent and the way right. we split bills. Rent wasn't on my tab, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know. And I'm just like, oh my gosh! But you know, luckily my cousin was able to take me and Chewy and Chewie's my dog. You'll see him <laughs> on our Chewy. feed as well. Um, <laughs> You know, I it, it's hard to, to get an apartment with a dog that is part pit bull and looks like they're part yeah. pit bull. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work out. So I didn't really grieve right away. Um, you know, there are times where I was by myself at night and I'd cry and be upset. Um, I smoked weed to get through hmm. just to relax myself because I was always tense um, I'm naturally high strong as a person anyway, so I think my body's just naturally tense, but with that on top of mm-hmm. it, it was no help. Um, but I think my mom's personality helped me to have less sadness around my grieving. Yeah. Because remembering memory like remembering her, you always have something to laugh about because she was just so goofy and just did the wildest shit or unbelievable shit you know (laughs) and it it helped in that sense but I eventually uh got a therapist because yeah my grieving I felt like it wasn't normal I felt like I wasn't sad enough I felt like
0: you can't feel like that Uh, well you know (laughs) (laughs) invalidating your feelings but you know yes to those listening, you know, just because you might not be sad doesn't necessarily mean that something's wrong with you.
1: It's true. It, there really isn't. Um, I think I had less sadness because of I keep such a realistic expectation and sometimes I expect the worst. Mm. So then that way I have less room for disappointment. That's the type of person I am. I will allow the least amount of room for external disappointment I will allow myself to internally disappoint before the outside disappoints me. Yeah. So I just didn't really make room for sadness. I but I had a lot of anger Yeah. Um, around the hospitals, around the doctors, and what more I felt like they could have done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I think... I feel like so that feeling is always going to be there, too. You always feel like you yes. could do more. Yes. Yeah, so I think my anger was on a higher level than my sadness and then I you know my blood pressure went high at some point in my life after mm. she passed and I think it's because of my anger like yeah. I was just internally so angry yeah. so I did pick up therapy and you know having that reassurance that I'm not crazy or there's something there's nothing wrong with me for not being as sad with my grieving um was helpful and yeah. I still take therapy. I'm still in therapy. I don't talk about my mom as much anymore. Be- not that I feel 100%, 100% settled mm-hmm. because that's not the case. Yeah, it will, never will. Like we said, it will never be over. It's always on my mind way often than I'd like it to be. Yeah. But it's my mom. I'm not going to just not think about her, you know? Right. I,
0: yeah. I probably think about my dad at least like once every day.
1: <laughs> yeah. You in have some to. form or fashion, yeah. Yeah, you have to. So, um, yeah, grieving is just, it comes in waves. And there are times where you think you're good and you're not. <laughs> but it's okay because we can't keep it together all the time. We're only human. And it's okay to be hurt. And it's okay to be sad. And it's okay to be angry. And it's okay to feel confused or like whatever emotion you feel is okay. But yeah. the main thing is, as long as you're able to come back whole at some point and not allow it to depress you. And if it does depress you, find support. Mm -hmm. Have a support team. Have a therapist. Have some type of anyone that you can reach out to to be able to just keep you afloat when those times are extra hard.
0: Yeah, you definitely need something. Um, you know, whether it is friends or family or therapy or yoga class or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, make sure that you that you do something because it can certainly eat you alive and it can quickly take over you. Um, and, you know, like Amanda was saying, whatever feeling that you're feeling, just allow yourself to feel it. And it's OK if you get lost periodically, um, mm-hmm. but always try to do your best to just kind of bring yourself back. Because yes. you will certainly get lost in it.
1: Yeah. And you'll get triggered by many things. Um, All the time. I'm personally triggered by the people who have no respect for their parents. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> um, and I get it that not everyone has a good relationship with their parents. Yeah. Because that's only real life. But for those who do have parents they should be respecting more than they do. Kills me sometimes. Because I'm just like, your parent could just not be here like mine right try not (laughs) to be bitter about it but i'd be bitter about it you know yeah
0: it's hard not to be sometimes (laughs) for sure
1: Yeah. so but those are when i'm like okay amanda check yourself where are you at you had time with your mom i appreciate the time i have with my mom right this is someone else's life we all live different lives yeah can't dictate anybody else's life you're okay yeah,
0: it can definitely be yeah. a double-edged sword sometimes, too, because it's like, you know, you are extremely grateful for the time that you had with them, but it's also like they were ripped away so early. Like, yes. you know, what about when I have kids and when I get married and like all these other big events in my life? But then it's like, OK, yes, they were there for, you know, college graduations and moving and, you know, all these other things, too. And it's just kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it, it's it's tough either way, because you yeah. always want more Um but that doesn't mean that you don't appreciate what you had, you know?
1: Right. And it doesn't mean that they're not with you so either. Right. I know everyone has different beliefs. Um, I'm just going to put it out there that mine is that my mom is here with me at all times. She is just an extra level of protection that I have. That is guarding things that I do, the life I'm living. Um, because I already know that. I wouldn't have or be where I am without her from when she was here. And I would just only believe that even though she's in a different dimension, she's still protecting me and taking care of me. Right. And she still loves me. (laughs) I mean, it's not hard to not love me. No, God. (laughs) (laughs) I was her only child, damn it. So, (laughs) shoot, I have to share any love? (laughs) (laughs) You are crazy. You see, I get it from my mom. (laughs)
0: You certainly do, because <laughs> if you only knew the spitting image you are of her, it is ridiculous. Oh. It's crazy. Just the same person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing. Never. It really is. You but
1: know, I, I try not to be, but those are things you can't adjust. <laughs> no,
0: you no those mannerisms and the way you speak sometimes. No, you, no matter how hard you tried, you could not stop that from happening. It's inevitable. Oh <laughs> you just got to oh
1: embrace it. I mean, I would compliment you in the same way, but you already shitted on me when I said you would be your dad's son. So, <laughs>
0: hey, he acted like I was. He wanted right. a boy, and he was upset that he didn't get one when I was born because I'm the second child, and right. so he created <laughs> me into the tomboy, and I pretty much was his son. He used to always say that we're two peas in a pod and we're the There's same something. person except for our theme. Our I was the same <laughs> <female> <laughs> person, but- <laughs> your reproductive <laughs> parts, yeah. He would say that all the time, and I'm like, "Oh my God, Dad! Like, can you please not? <laughs> it's like, what's wrong with you?" But it's true. Seriously. It's if you only knew, we were literally the same person. It's
1: kind of no, serious, but... for real. Y'all do look very similar, though. Yeah,
0: Either that you're... I don't
1: see, but I see it. I don't care. <laughs> <coughs> you gonna just tell me I don't see it? No, I'm but no, I see it, and but... I know other people see it. It's just because it's you.
0: That's yeah, it's I mean. yeah. Sometimes it's hard to be able to see it for yourself, but.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll no, take it. It was handsome. I definitely agree. <laughs> um, I will definitely say, too, though, for those of you listening and you are going through a hard time currently with a, with a loved one or, you know, you have just someone in your family that's sick and you have to help be a caretaker and you have to work. FMLA. Yes. Only medical leave of absence is. So important a tool. <laughs> it's not really a tool. It's a resource. <laughs> but it allows you to be able to miss time from work. Um, I don't know if every employer has that. Do you know that or no?
0: I want to say that they do, but I don't. But don't quote me on that.
1: I, I don't like know. It's illegal for every employer to not have it. But yeah. especially if you're like in big corporate governmental type of jobs. Right. You usually will have FMLA. But I used it, what it allowed me to do was to go to my mom's appointments. I had intermittent FMLA, so I was able to leave Mm -hmm. and go to her appointments Mm -hmm. as needed. And or if I needed to miss work, I had excused absences. I wasn't paid, which is okay, but my absences were excused. So it allowed me to not lose my job due to uh, poor attendance.
0: Yeah, mine, mine was similar. Um, I definitely did use mine, too. And I used it for the same thing I did intermittent to be able to go there for doctor's appointments and like long hospital stays. Because whenever he was in the hospital for surgeries and stuff, you better believe that I was in there with him 24 mm-hmm. seven, except for like he would force me to go get food or whatever. Um, But I was always there. So, like, side note, I can't imagine people that are going through life with COVID right now and not being able to be there with their loved ones in the hospitals and things because I don't know how I would have survived without being able to be there. Right. Um, but that's, that's a whole nother topic. Um, but mine was similar. I did get paid for my leave cause it gave us like a certain amount of time that we could use. Um, and, um, and it was after you use that time, um, that you, it would be like leave without pay pretty much. You still still like the excuse absences, but you wouldn't, um, get paid for it yep. but that was only after like a certain amount of time but anyways fmla is a super resource and if you guys don't know about it make sure that you um, educate yourselves about it for sure
1: yeah because it will definitely help to hold your job um i know some employers are you know more lenient than others but where i'm at we have a strict attendance policy so you know I just highly recommend it because I'd really hate for someone to be going through a time of trying to care for a loved one. And then also now you're about to lose your job. Oh God. And say if that loved one is your significant other and they do pass away and you lose your job,
0: what are you going to do? Yeah, no, that's a horrible situation.
1: That is like the worst place to put someone. So um, it's just very important that we throw that out to y'all that's listening. So You know, you just have that resource on your side. But please reach out to us with any questions you have, um, any suggestions you may need in the sense of dealing with anything. Or even if you just want to hear a little more about our backgrounds, about, you know, what we went through and how we went through uh, the situations with our parents.
0: Yeah. And make sure you guys write into us, too, and tell us your stories and your situations. We want to hear what you guys are going through as well. Um, And, you know, maybe we'll even read some aloud, um, depending on, you know, how much time we have and how long or short they are. But we definitely want to hear from you guys and hear your stories, too.
1: Thank you guys for listening to our very first episode of Mindset Talks podcast.
0: It definitely wasn't an easy topic, but we hope that it touched you in some way.
1: If you're going through a similar situation, please feel free to reach out to us.
0: We look forward to sharing more of our personal experiences, so tune in with us every Tuesday. Welcome to Mindset Talks Podcast, and we are here to share our mindsets,
1: elevate yours, and have some fun while achieving better versions of ourselves.
0: It's your girls, Cassie,
1: and Amanda, and today's episode is about Spirituality.